Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Nine o'clock hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. And we are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. The snow did not scare us away this morning. Happy to have you with us if you're joining us in Lincoln uh, from the 9 to 10 o'clock hour. We appreciate you joining the show. And also for those of you that have been with us from start to finish here in Omaha and beyond, whether it's been on Twitter, on YouTube, streaming, we appreciate having you here. It's a Toy Story reference in Infinity to and Infinity beyond. and Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> nice work. Buzz Lightyear over to my left. Um, do you have Andy written on the bottom of your nope, shoe? No, no, no. I'm over Andy. He, he, oh, yeah, he, he, he cooked it out of there. But they are making a fifth one. Well, who knows that? I'm over Andy. Yeah, I'm over Andy. Let's ask Bruncey. He's... He's, he's a parent. He can do the <laughs> yeah, Toy Story join, thing. Joining the show, Michael Brunts now, senior writer for Husker 24-7. We love having Brunts on with us because he's got such great versatility. He can talk football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and apparently now he can talk Disney movies, according <laughs> to DB, because he is a parent. Michael, good morning. How old is Andy now? He's got to be like 35. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right, because he went to college in Toy Story 4. And so if we're going to five, and, you know, let's just go off Andy's age, right? Because when he first started, how old was Andy? Like eight? Eight. And then Andy was what in Toy Story 2? Does Toy Story need a five, Bruncy? I don't know. It's like Andy's going to be figuring out what Medicare plan he's <laughs> That's how old he is. The grand, Andy the grandparent playing with passed on down toys. And what, plus, once they made the spinoff of Lightyear, they probably should have yeah. moved on, right? And why didn't he keep the toys? Because he could have made a lot of money at his age now. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's trying to really pump up his 401k <laughs> to, uh, to try to help us to make up for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of pumping up the 401k, you know who doesn't have to worry about a buyout now? It's Coach Hoiberg. He's, <laughs> he's good. But let me ask you something, Brunson, because we debated this last week and a, a little before that when they kind of started to turn the corner. How many times do you think, do you look at Coach Hoiberg resetting this roster since the end of last season? Uh, well, this is what probably the, we're, we're like the third reset, Th- yeah, I yep, guess. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of had the first wave of, of initially when you had everybody, and then you kind of started dealing with the injuries uh, to, to Gary and, and Bandamel, and, and now, you know, you, you've got, you know, Wiltshire back in the starting lineup a little bit, and Casey, uh, you know, doing Casey things. I mean, it, it's, uh, I, this is probably the most fun of the three resets, I think. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, that, that game the other night, you just got to give him a ton of credit. I mean, that, that was a really well-coached game, I thought. And, and I, I think what you're seeing over the last 
I don't know, three, four games, uh, kind of when they, they've been playing a little bit better is you're really seeing, um, you know, the work that Fred can do um, with, with the roster. And, you know, I, I think I think what helps is when you have buy-in from everybody. I think personality-wise, this team, um, you know, would, would have handled this situation significantly better than any of his other groups. So um, it, 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 they're really doing a good job as a coaching staff right now of get, uh, getting that team ready. Let me just use three of the uh, examples, two you just gave. Wiltshire back into the starting lineup, which you don't do if the buy-in and the culture isn't good. The evolution of Tomanaga, you stayed with him when he was as polarizing a player as Nebraska had seen in a while. And maybe it's because you you have a good relationship with him because he's your son, but the yo-yo up and downness of how to utilize Sam, you don't do that without having the culture be pretty healthy, do you? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think uh – you know, it's a team that likes playing with each other. And I think that that's obvious in the way that they play. I mean, you know, with the way that they share the ball, the way that you have a team playing team defense um, pretty much all year. I mean, I think that's been there. And you don't do that if you don't have a roster that's in a good place mentally. I mean, we've seen what happens when – you know, you, you get a roster that's kind of playing for me. You know, you, you kind of you, you give up a 10-0 run, and then all of a sudden everybody's, you know, the, the game plan's out the window. Guys are kind of doing whatever they're going to do on offense. But, um, no, I mean, I, I think it, it's been impressive the way that they've kind of made things work, some of the lineups that they've used. I mean, they've, um, you know, even just the way that they've kind of weathered any kind of foul trouble that Derek Walker's had, Um you know, because that that's a, a significant loss anytime he's not on the floor. Um, you know, I, I think they've done a pretty good job of handling everything, and and it helps too. I think that you know this is still a relatively you know veteran roster. I know you've got the you know the the, the young guys at Lawrence and and Dawson that are, are contributing, but I, I think these are you know some older guys that have been through it and kind of understand how you have to kind of get the car over the finish line at the end of the game, and, and that's what you saw against Rutgers. They were just really unflappable in that game. I'm happy you kind of made sense of what Nebraska basketball has been over the last four games because, for me, it was like I can't figure it out. I can't figure out how the fight down two starters, um, you know, the confidence that is beaming off this group, the positive mantra of the fans. Uh, I mean, it's just a good time to be – a member of Nebraska basketball. But to maybe further that point of where you were going there with with culture and buy-in, you know, earlier this week we talked to Will Bolt and we talked a little bit about sweat equity and having some of that um, at least at the start of the season. But DB kind of put it perfectly. They've been kind of resetting throughout the season. I mean, how important has sweat equity been to this group up until this point with all they've had to overcome? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know it, it, it's probably a, a little bit of a confidence builder too, right? When, when you when you've been through it and you know you, you win some of those those games that uh, you know you're, you're not expected to, I, I think that kind of builds on itself a little bit. And um, you know, I, I just think you know having having the, the veterans at certain spots, it, it really helps you. I mean, I, I think that's the thing about Walker with with Grizel. I mean, those guys are just they're steady players and 
you know, the, the Big Ten is a league, and especially this year it feels like, where if you can kind of take care of the ball, you can, you know, not not uh, not get sped up, and neither of those guys do. I, I think that gives you a chance at the end of games if you're close. And, um, I mean, to, to kind of your point earlier, I mean, you're kind of getting the perfect storm now where Nebraska's winning a few games. Uh, you know, people that are kind of casual fans are starting to buy tickets for these last few games. I mean, it, that that's something that uh, – that you can kind of build on here. You, and you can definitely, the, 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 the momentum there is, is definitely palpable right now. How cool is it to kind of watch this unfold with Tominaga where, I mean, he used to drive me up the wall, right? But his, <laughs> you got to give him the evolution and him understanding the offense and where to be in his basketball IQ. I mean, heck, it, I mean, testament to the staff, right, for, for drawing up plays, but, now you see him not as reluctant. He gets he can be a back cut. He moves. He can get to open spots. He'll shoot twos. Like some of that is a lot of that is on Kase too. It's not just simply here you have the reins. His IQ has increased dramatically. Yeah. No, I, I think he's he's kind of figured out the Big Ten. Um and and, and I, I think it it's it's almost too bad for, for you know, if you really appreciate basketball that if you're watching on TV, you can't always really see what he's doing away from the ball because, you know, that, that that's where he's, you know, really elite is setting up cuts, like you mm-hmm. said. And now you're starting to see him getting into the lane and he's finishing at the rim and you're seeing more of a, more of a complete well-rounded game that I think he always had, um, you know, just kind of based on what he had done internationally, that was there. Um, but, you know, I, I think Nebraska's trusting him too. Um, and, and I, I think it's, it's funny. I mean, you go back to the summer and, you know, he's over in Japan and, you know, some people are kind of wondering like, okay, well, would, would this team be better off if maybe he just, you know, signed a, a pro contract and, and stayed over there? But, um, you know, I, I think uh, you, you do have to give some credit to the coaching staff for continuing to go to him, kind of trusting him through the, you know, the long misses, the shots that, um, you, you kind of go, oh no, 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 and then it goes in, and you're like, okay, that, that that's you know, great shot, but um, you know, his his rise, um, you know, it has been really fun, and I think it's kind of added to the, you know, just people being you know, liking watching this team. I mean, that that's part of it. Is I think it's it's a really easy team uh, to root for, in spite of kind of what they've done to this point in the season. We're talking to uh, Michael Brunt. Excuse me, Michael. He is the senior writer for Husker 24-7. And, you know, early on in the show, we were talking a little bit about Matt Rule and his method to the madness of of what he's been at least able to do uh, up to this point as uh, winter workouts are are taking place. And one thing that that I really took away from it all is like as he watches from his window he looks at those participating participating he sees the response to commands in the weight room he then sees how they endure adversity with one another and then he also ended it with how if somebody made a mistake they would start over as a team and when I broke it down earlier on in the show I broke it down to prep participants response endure proceed it always seems like Matt Rule is 10 steps ahead of us when we feel like we match up with him if we played chess with Matt Rule he would checkmate us every single time uh, what does that say just about him as a coach and what he's giving off to the rest of the fan base and the rest of the people here in the state yeah, I mean, I think 
the, the thing that stood out to, to me most, and I think it's kind of along the lines of, of what you're saying, you know, everything that Matt Rule has kind of talked about and, and the plan and, and how he's going to do things from, you know, the, the, the coaches that he hired, um, you know, the way that he approached those hires, the way that, you know, they're going to recruit um, to, to the way that, you know, they've started doing uh, winter conditioning and, and kind of how they're going to approach things and roster management and all that other stuff. I mean, he's, he's followed through on what he said he was going to do. I mean, that, that there's, that there's not a lot of things left to happenstance. And I, I think there's a plan there. You know, it's, it's worked at other stops. It's, it's, uh, you know, that they're not guessing at this thing that they, they know what it takes. And, you know, that they're kind of into that next kind of stretch of the calendar where, you know, guys that are on the roster now are going to need to kind of show what they, they can do and show, show some toughness and, and, you know, kind of, they're at that point now where you're trying to figure out who's in, who's out, and who can who can you win with in September and October. And you know, I think that's been the thing with with the staff that that I've been impressed by is you know there's not a lot of smoke and mirrors, and they're pretty straightforward about the way they do things. Uh, they're honest about it, and and you know, I think I would hope, I guess, as a player, that you would appreciate that as you kind of get into you know, what's probably the toughest stretch of uh, the, the calendar is, is when you're so far away from football and, and you're having to really be focused and, and dialed in every morning um, in, in those workouts. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, I, I think they're getting a pretty good sense right now of, of where this roster's at and, and who's going to be able to help them when it actually matters in the fall. Bruncey, why do you think we're okay, we at least appear to be okay, whether it's media, the fan base, with all the sports right now, between football, the culture talk is okay. The the balance in the roster is okay. We're okay with basketball where we can talk about the cultural resets and and especially in particular with baseball where we say, gosh, you know what, I don't know if Coach Bolt really loved coaching that team last year in terms of their chemistry and how a concerted effort he's made this year and the versatility they have. Why do you think we seem to be tr- so trusting right now of the mixing of the ingredients at this stage in the respective sports as a, as a fan base? I don't know. I mean, I, do you get I, that I sense or I don't want to put words in your mouth? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think to a degree there's some comfort with the conversation. And I, you know, when you kind of go through the sports and you kind of look at, you know, what, what happened, you know, with basketball in years past and, and, you know, and you kind of compare it to the, the way that this team this year is, I mean, you can, you can see the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's not just, you know, off season talk about, you know, what, what matters and, and how you build a team and all that other stuff. Um, you know that there's there's some pretty obvious um, res- results and impact of, of those conversations that are playing out on the court. I mean, the baseball is kind of the same way. We haven't really seen it with this year's group. Uh, if it'll matter much, but you know the, the difference from the the previous year's team that won the Big Ten championship to last year's team. I mean, if you were around them at all, you could feel it. I mean, it was just it was just different. And you know, I think with football. You know, we you kind of have that conversation every time there's a, a new coach, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> they're coming in, 
they're doing their thing. I mean, to, to go off of your metaphor, I mean, you're kind of in the, 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 the cooking stage now. You haven't seen what the final product is. So, yeah, we can talk about some ingredients and, you know, how long you got to put things in the oven and that kind of thing. I mean, it, it's a little less of a, uh, a, little less of a, a conversation, I think, uh, until, you know, you're, you're towards the end and, and things are going bad. But, you know, right now I think it's, you know, you're, you're building a program, and especially with football, I mean, you're doing it in a much different way than maybe what's been done the last few coaching staff. So I think that's maybe why, you know, people are willing to, to talk about it so much. And I, I think, you know, the thing about Matt Rule is, is he's not talking about those kinds of things and just buzzwords either. I mean, he, he's he's actually, when he talks about it, he gets into it a little bit and, and kind of gives the the why behind the, the reason that they do some of the things that they do. So I think that's that's why you're willing to have that conversation a little bit more now. As we look into Nebraska baseball this weekend, Coach Bolt letting us know who is going to be in that rotation at least right away. You have Emmett, then you have Jason, you have Caleb, um, and it kind of goes in that order. Uh, a couple of questions here wrapped into one. Do you predict that will be – the everyday, I guess the usual Friday to Sunday, at least for the time being with those three guys. And then uh, it, just speaking to Friday, do you think it's always going to be Olsen or do you believe it could be interchangeable early on? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know that I would ever bet much money on uh, weekend rotations holding all the way through a season, but um, I, I know with, with – with Olsen and Kaminska, the, the staff really does view them as kind of interchangeable, interchangeable options. I think they like what Olsen's done um, as that Friday night guy and, and the weekend starter from, from the way he kind of finished last year. So he's the guy that gets the ball uh, right away. But I, I know they view Kaminska as kind of the, you know, a guy that could be a Friday night guy if they, if they need him to. I think they kind of like having a lefty on Friday nights um, just to kind of mess with opponents lineups and, controlling the running game and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, the, the, the thing about this roster this year is they, they have more options. I mean, you, you go down the list of yep. um, who they've got on their roster. I mean, they've got, I want to say, six or seven guys that have been uh, weekend starters at either Nebraska or other uh, Division One programs in their careers. So they can kind of mix and match if they need to. But, uh, you know, for a guy like Emmett Olsen, I mean, he's, he's you know, lefty, big, powerful lefty. Uh, ever since he's been on campus, the velocity has been ticking up. He's got some good secondary pitches, so they like kind of what he can do uh, mentality-wise and, and setting the tone for the weekend. So we'll see if that that holds. But uh, you know, I, I do think that that trio is probably what you'll see uh, at least through the first couple weekends. Um, you know, I know with Caleb Clark, he's a true freshman, but um, for, from everything they've said, you know, he's mature beyond his years. Uh, he's played some international baseball too, being from Canada and, and some international competition. So he's pretty uh, pretty dialed in. But um, you know, I, I think that's their three for now, um, and, and we'll see. You know how, how that group kind of holds up. But I mean, Will even said yesterday that you know his mind Olson and Kaminska could flip flop um, just based on how they've been so far this spring. It's interesting you say that because then I go to the three on the back end with Buns and. He's healthy. Perry's healthy. We know about Shannon coming back. He's got an older group. How important do you think this offseason was and kind of all their bonding and getting to know you's, knowing that they're going to 
they could be flexible on any given night. They could play a couple of different ways on offense, as you know. Certainly have flexibility on the bump. Some nights it just may not be your night, man. The, the offseason in terms of playing for one another could be critical, you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, they, they've got, what I think Will said, 12 or 13 guys in the lineup that they feel like could start. I mean, they, they didn't have that at all last year or even the year before that. Um, you know, they, they can get on the mound. They can get lefty out of the bullpen, uh, which, which they couldn't as much last year, especially after Buns and, and Perry got hurt. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is a group where they're going to mix and match. And I also think, you know, they're not, they're also not going to wait for guys to kind of find their footing. I mean, yeah. that's not the way that this coaching staff operates by any means. Um, you know, they're not doing the tryout thing the first couple weekends. They need guys that can step in right away and, and play and, and deliver. And, um, you know, I, I think that they've got enough options now where if a guy's just not seeing it, um, they're not going to, you know, leave them in there for a few at bats to see if you can find it. I mean, they're they're going to go to the bench, they're going to go to the bullpen, and uh, you know, they they have that mix. I think of of veteran guys where you know the, the guy that you're going to have coming in as a pitch hitter is, is not going to be a, a freshman who's up there, you know, with his knees knocking trying to figure out college pitching. I mean, it's going to be a a guy that's been through it a little bit, and that's uh, you know, that that was the point. This off season was. The, the culture thing, but they also wanted to get older and experienced, and that's what they've done. You talked about them not having to be patient. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you envision happening with Drew Christo? Uh, well, I mean, he had a rough freshman year. Yep. Um, there's no sugarcoating that. And you know, the thing with him was you, you needed to have a, a secondary pitch that that played up in college. And I know that's been something that he's been working on a lot um they liked what he did at the end of the fall um from what i've from what i've heard mm-hmm. um, he's been pretty good uh this spring as well they've really liked what he's done i think for him too and in this this isn't just you know drew Christo. i think it's a lot of college pitchers i think there's kind of a, a mentality that you kind of have to flip that switch a little bit and i think he's a little bit more comfortable on the mound um that this spring they're they're going to go to him uh, as a bullpen option yeah and, uh, you know, he throws a heavy fastball. He always has. And, uh, you know, he, he's another big arm that they've got that they can bring out of the bullpen. I think there's a little bit more confidence uh, from, from the coaching staff's point of view that he's going to go in there and, and get outs now that maybe wasn't there last year. Brunch, what would a successful opening weekend look like to you? Um. Well, I mean, aside from the win-loss thing, I, I think you do need to kind of figure out what your, your roles in that pitching staff look like. I mean, you've, you've, you've got your three starters, and, you know, they're going to have to figure out somebody for Monday. But, um, you know, how do you get that ball from your starters to Shannon at the back of the bullpen? I, I think that that's – if you can get that figured out a little bit, I, I think that's a good sign. Um, you just look at what this team did at the plate last year. I mean, you, you need to have a little bit more competitive at bats, one through nine. Um, if you get that, I, I think that's a, a positive sign for this team. I think they feel like they're, um, you know, a little bit more dangerous up and down the lineup this year. We'll see if that holds. Um, and then, you know, just, just kind of playing good baseball. I mean, I, it, it's always tough when you're, you know, going, going to a warm climate to, you know, kind of hit the ground running. But, um, you know, the staff schedules in a way that if you win the, the opening, you know, two or three series, uh, to start the season, it's going to set you up well for the end of the year. So um, just a, a fast start, I think, would be 
the, the best uh, the best you could probably hope for from this weekend and, and uh, to kind of build into what are going to be two tough series uh, the, the following two weekends going to South Alabama and then that's uh, the tournament up in Minnesota where you've got two SEC clubs in, uh, in Hawaii in, in, uh, in the Dome. Yeah, you talking about that Monday. I'm curious. Let's keep an eye on Rizzo together because I keep hearing good things about him. They got a ton of versatility for a, f- a fourth and a fifth guy, man. It's going to be fun to sort out. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely got options, and and they're gonna they're gonna play to win on, on in those first three days. So we'll see who's uh, left on Monday. Michael, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Bruncey. Michael Brunt, senior writer for Husker twenty four seven. When we come back. We'll transition to the NFL next.